T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. I love it at night. On King of OX. You know, I love it at night, too. John Hancock, Braxton Payne is alongside. He's with Show Me Victories. Michael Kelly is on assignment. Assignment obviously involves consuming large quantities of whatever he's consuming out there. (laughs) But this is our regular segment here on Late Nights with Hancock and Kelly. I feel it's important that we get to know that dulcet tone that brings us our news here in the evenings on KMOX, none other than Sean Michael Lyle. He may be Mm -hmm. the most fascinating man (laughs) in the world. Uh, am I supposed to sell a beer at this point? No, you're good. Uh, so we know we've learned quite a bit about you over the last couple of weeks, but um, let's let's go back to the beginning, Sean Michael. Where were you born? Where were you raised? I was born in Chelsea, Massachusetts, in uh, the same uh, naval hospital that John F. Kennedy had his back surgery after he crashed PT-109. Wow. Yeah, that was in the Civil War, it was a prison. So, wow. Well, and then how did you matriculate out of uh, uh, Chelsea? Oh, well, my, my mother is from the Boston area. My father, well, he was actually born in Columbus, but he was raised in, like, Brooklyn, New York and everything oh. like that. So uh, he was in the Navy. So uh, we, that's how we ended up in the West Coast. Yeah. And uh, I grew up in San Jose, California, in Silicon Valley. Nice. Uh, that's a great community, San Jose. Uh, well, it all depends on what, you, uh, what you're what you into. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, where did you go to college? Uh, I didn't go to college. I went to broadcasting school in Hollywood, California. Wow. I did uh, a little bit of movie and television stuff while I was down there going through broadcasting school. And, uh, yeah, I... I I knew a, there was a guy in high school. I had a teacher in high school who uh, had been in radio for many years, and he was the drama teacher, and I did drama and all that sort of thing. Oh, so, you're an actor. Uh, yeah, a little bit of that. And so I uh, I kind of followed in his footsteps. Uh-huh. And so I went to the same broadcasting school in uh, Hollywood that yeah. he went to. And uh, then I just got into radio, and I've been kind of bumping around radio ever since. And at what point did you – did it – hit you that you had a gift for this was it was it your, your it voice? still hasn't no i mean you you've developed this passion you've done you've spent a career in this business uh was it high school where the fire was lit or was it before that um well i'd always listen to radio in fact i still consider myself primarily a listener mm-hmm. uh, because when i think about radio i think about what comes out of the speaker and and what it's like for the experience for the listener so i've always been a, somebody who would would listen to radio for hours and hours and i was the guy who would have the uh, the radio where you you listen to stations far far away and all that kind of stuff and um so, yeah, I was always a radio listener. And then 
Well, as I was mentioning, when I got into high school, then I got into drama and all that, and that's performing and everything. I was never musical, but I always loved music. Uh So, you know, disc jockey, that kind of thing. Yeah, and and that's what you did for a while. You were spinning records. Yeah, about 25 years. Wow. Yeah, operations manager, meaning I was the guy in charge of putting the radio stations together and, and, uh, you know, deciding sometimes what the formats were, getting to pick the call letters at times. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Now, is this your first nighttime gig in your lengthy career? No, uh, I... I've done the I've done evening news the night side as we call it in the business day side is during the day night side right. is the night I, I've done this uh, uh, before like just a little bit in in California I did it for a few years but yeah so you've worked in Seattle you've worked in California you've worked here any place else uh, Salt Lake City uh, and up and down California I was in I mean I was in Oregon Washington California all over the place and why St Louis. Uh, well, <laughs> that's kind of a funny story. Uh, well, but not really. Um, I was a, um, <laughs> I was doing the, the morning show on KSL, which is, it is to, uh, Utah, what KMOX is uh-huh. to the, the Midwest. It's the big station. Yeah. And I was doing the mornings. Uh, I was, a did what's called the national news desk. So twice an hour I came out and gave all the national and inter- international news, but that was actually a three quarter time job. It wasn't a full time job. So even though I got paid pretty well, hold on, got to clear my throat. Even though I got paid, you know, okay, hourly, I, you know, the pandemic came along. Right. My wife, who was uh, telecommute, has been telecommuting since before it was cool uh, in California. She uh, she had some hours cut back and we kind of figured out, you know, we're not going to get rich anyway, but I needed a full time job. So I started looking for a full-time job, and then bingo. Bingo. You know, all of a sudden, the people here called me, and they said, hey, we really like your stuff, because I always do really short, mm-hmm. you know, uh, brief. Just my my news philosophy has always been, just tell me what the heck's going on. And, and so they like that, and they wanted that here. Wow. And I would imagine, being in radio your whole career, you knew of... KMOX in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows of KMOX. Yeah. yeah. And, and here you are. Yeah. And, and and here I am. And you've been here over a year now. year and a half. Wow. Yeah. year well, and a half this week. How do you like the it. city? Uh, well, you know, uh, well, I've been here before, of course, to St. Louis. Uh, classic American city. Um, it is, I mean, it's such a beautiful city, that, but it's one of the, the real difficult challenges about it is that you have all the, a great city, the great infrastructure right. of the city. And it's shrinking in people. Yeah. And that leaves it, parts of it dying. And and it makes it kind of gritty, you know, kind of a gritty thing and everything. And I like that. But it's it's uh, it's so different than any place I've ever been. Well, I've grown up here and I've kind of seen it, you know, all happen during the course of my life. And when I was a young kid. You'd come down here for everything. Uh, famous bar for the lighting of the Christmas tree. You'd be down here for the the VP fair, and there would be over a million people yeah. on the on the riverfront. And, and of course, the Cardinals and the football Cardinals and the Blues, uh, the Hawks back in the day. Yeah, basketball. Yeah, and so you know it was in, in downtown was everything. I worked. I played the piano at the old St. Louis Center. It was a shopping mall mm-hmm. uh, downtown. Yeah, so, well, that's where I live downtown. Oh, uh, you are. Okay. Well, I uh, well, if you, I think it's still on the Facebook page. 
uh, that KMOX Facebook page. Uh, if they still have that winter thing, I can get them a new one if they if they <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if they still have it. There was a picture on the Facebook page. The background was uh, of the arch and the freeway. With the freeway was empty because it was all covered with snow. Right. That was taken from my balcony. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I nobody lives closer to the arch than me, other than people who live in the same part Shawn of the building. Sean Michael Lyle, living, living on the that. arch. Yeah. That's not too shabby, partner. I, 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 I literally live right over the freeway, and I could spit on the arch and, well, it could use some polishing at it times. It could, yeah. And we watched the... We watched the the boats go by. You would not believe how busy the Mississippi River is, huh. uh, as far as uh, as the far, barges the, and the boats. Yeah, and... they're called tow boats, uh-huh. and, and the barges and how big they are. They're th- you know they they lash them together. They're two hundred feet long. They lash them together to a thousand feet, pushing forty five million pounds of grain. And these are big boats, you know, and and they are constantly going, constantly, day and night, twenty four seven. Yeah, are they noisy? You, they kind of sound like a train in yeah. the distance. Uh-huh. You kind of go chugga 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 from from our our balcony. That's probably good to sleep to, I would think. Yeah, uh, yeah well, the freeway is a little noisy yeah. at times, but yeah, and it's beautiful. And when there are storms, of course, the storms. Uh, there's the arch effect, so the storms kind of go past a little bit. Then then we get to watch the storms. Over uh, Illinois, and they're gorgeous. I'll bet that's right. So if you weren't doing radio, mm-hmm. what would Sean Michael Lyle do for a living? Oh, well, I would probably have, I had offers before I, before I went off to, uh, to Hollywood uh, as a kid. Uh, I, that uh, IBM and, and the Silicon Valley people, they wanted me to work. Uh, I had a, a talent, not that I do for show business or, or news or anything, but I had a, a talent for being able to, Fit things into small spaces, uh, uh, spatial utilization, and the, the people at IBM wanted to send me to college and and uh, and have me work for IBM, and and I'd probably be making a whole bunch of money if I'm. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you could uh, you could do well in my storage room. Um, I could I could probably utilize that very skill set. Yeah, well, actually, we're talking uh, electronics, but it's basically. Well, the I've same. got some electronics in there, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd be more. working for NASA or IBM or something. Wow. So, yeah. Well, how about that, folks? It's just amazing. We were going to talk about sushi, but we didn't get to sushi. I don't eat sushi, so the conversation either. is done. <laughs> and Braxton eats sushi. Oh, I, I love sushi. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I'm with you. I, I, I see the river. I see where the fish come you're from. You're all fish, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. But I'm, I'm thinking you're on the West Coast, surely. But no. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of great food. If seafood. I'm not a seafood guy. Wow. Yeah. Well, folks, getting to know you. That is Sean Michael Lyle, our great newsman here at The Voice of St. Louis. Thanks for your time, sir. Thank you. We'll check in again next week and see how it's going when we come back. Anybody that wants to give us a holler, 314-436-7900, We'll take your calls. The phones are open, and it's an open line. Anything you want to discuss, Braxton Payne and I are here to chat about it with you. That's next on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey there, it is Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. Minus the Kelly is on assignment uh, out of town, but Braxton Payne kind enough to sit in. Braxton enjoyed... Uh, enjoying spending the evening with you here on The Voice of St. Louis. Very much so. Indeed. Well, we've asked for your calls. I hope it was a wise decision. 314-436-7900-1800-925-1120. We go to the phones now, and John is on. John, welcome to KMOX. Yeah. Uh, first off, I want to thank you for keeping Bob Highlands at your service uh, alive and well, uh, because that's what you're doing here. It's at your service where people call in for to do uh, opinions, a discussion, and clarification. So uh, I want to commend you for that. Well, thank uh, you. I, thing, I grew up on at your service. Yeah, and uh, that's what you ought to call this, an at your service section. Um, the reason why I'm calling is I, I read the proposition, the Sam Page proposition that was directed at him in St. Louis County. The full-time county then, executive? Yeah. And, uh, well, the way that was written, uh, I hope it passes. And the reason why I hope it passes is because you have all the different people that sit on the uh, county council and all these elected other people that are elected to different offices within the county, uh, even the municipal mayors and people that sit on these municipal uh, city councils and stuff out in St. Louis County, because that's what this law does cover, because you're they're all part of the county, too, that if you have a job, see, Sam Page is technically a doctor, and he has to work so many hours in order to keep his license. Uh, so he's a license, he's state licensed by the state. So if you have, a, say, you're an insurance agent or a real estate agent, or you've got a car dealership, or you're a barber or a beautician or even like you, you know, you got to let you're a licensed professional in the state and whatever, uh, and you get elected to office, you can't have that job anymore. You can't get any money from it. You, uh, if you have a business, a licensed business, even a consulting, but you can't get a dime from it. The way that law reads, you're stuck. The only money that you can get is a job that you were elected for. That's the way I read it. And well, I, I like I, to have it discussed and opinions on it. Yeah, so I, I mean, as I read it, John, and I've not studied it, but as I, I think it simply applied to the executive county executive position in mm-hmm. county government under the charter of St. Louis County. I don't think it applies to every elected official. No, it has to. You can't just single out one. Well, it, if has, it's to, a, it, it has to be for all. If it's a charter amendment uh, that's specific to the section dealing with the county executive, I think, I think the voters are able to, but I'm not an yeah, attorney but, either. Yeah. <laughs> Neither am I, but it can be argued. Well, I think what I say, opinion, discussion, and clarification that's at your service. And that's why I'm throwing out there, you know, let's discuss it. All right. Opinion, yeah. You uh, know, it's just some, I like to get, hear what's going to happen, you know? So I'll just sit back and let you, See what happens, you know? All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. That was John. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things with Proposition B that it's, it's intriguing to me that also kind of is makes me a little hesitant on it is 
if, if you're having people that are going to take this job, and, you know, a lot of times it could be a pay cut for somebody, you're, you might just be getting these people that are career politicians that go, you know, run for mayor of Wildwood, then go to the state house and then go to the state senate and then become, you know, want to become county executive without any like real world experience. And so that that's kind of like. I understand that you want somebody that's devoted and, and this just clarifies the charter that you can't be an independent contractor during your term of office for any type of side employment. But I think that that could be one of the unintended consequences is that we're going to get somebody that, uh, you know, is, is just going to be a career politician, that, which, which, you know, and honestly, it's not always a bad thing because they have the experience of understanding how government works. But sometimes we see that they're just using it for you know, different types of gain and not, not the reasons that me and you would get into public service. Well, and, you know, I look at it as, as specific to the county executive. When you, when you take the compensation uh, and the, the health insurance and the other kind of forms, I mean, you're talking about a position that's paying a net benefit of $200,000 a year. And, you know, that's more than most people make. And so, you know, that if you can't live on that, then that's probably not a job you ought to seek. And if, if if somebody like Sam Page needs to practice medicine, you know, for his licensure or whatever, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't I couldn't run for county executive, you know, and if even if I wanted to, because I couldn't I wouldn't be able to be a full time county executive. So you know, it's it's not for everybody, but I do think when the taxpayers are compensating you at, at that high of a level, I don't feel that way about a county council member. They get paid. Practically nothing. And they should get paid more. I mean, so right now, just Proposition B is with about 11% of the votes in. It's passing with 60, 61% of the vote. Well, that's going to be very interesting if that uh, if that holds through the rest of the night. And we'll get some more election updates uh, later in this hour. But right now, we turn our attention to Mark. Mark, welcome to KMOX. Well, hello, John. Hello, Braxton. How are you guys? Hey, this Mark. Is, good to talk this to is you. Mark, this is Mark J. Zinn, is it not? It is, and I have two topics. I mean, I have weather to talk about because we have severe weather just off toward the west of uh, St. Louis that's pushing your way. And I'm writing a story about uh, the Senate race, John, and we, I've mentioned uh, it to you. But I'll start with that political question for both of you. Do you think that we could see a sequel of 2012 with Democrats switching over and, and voting for Eric Reitens? Well, we'll talk about that a little bit. I think it's less likely now that they've got a what looks to be a competitive primary for the U.S. Senate themselves. Um, so, you know, when you put that on the field, I think there may be some. I thought more so before Bush Valentine got into the race. But, uh, right. you know, I, I, I don't expect. But Braxton's the I, Democrat. Yeah, I, I think we see a couple of things. I think, you know, the, this, the crossover vote that we always talk about. I know, John, we talk about a lot in St. Louis City and St. Louis County because we do see a lot of Republicans crossing over to vote in Democratic primaries. I don't think that number is as big as we always think it's going to be because people do when, – when you have to declare in front of somebody that you're going to vote in the Democratic primary and if you're a Republican or vice versa, it kind of – you know some, some people don't like to do that. I do think there's going to be some type of below-the-radar concerted effort in places where primaries are not going to matter. Um, so let's say rural – uh, counties when there are, you know, a handful of Democrats out there, um, as well as maybe in western St. Charles County or even, you know, a little up north in, in Lincoln and Warren. I do think there is going to be some type of effort, and I, I, I would not put past a paid effort um, among those people to get those people out via mail and make sure that they cross over and vote in the Republican primary. Yeah, you know, primary. That's, that's an interesting 
that's an interesting calculation because if you live in a county and many of our counties are overwhelmingly one party or mm-hmm. the other and most outside of the metropolitan areas are overwhelmingly Republican. So all of your local races uh, that are on the ballot, or chances are whoever wins the Republican primary, or if you're in the city of St. Louis, the Democratic primary, they're going to be the office holder. So a lot of people who are not aligned with that political party will still vote in its primary, not not for a crossover to kind of mess with the other side, but because they're picking, that's the only mechanism they have. They have a voice in who their local right. leadership is going to be. So I do think that exists. Um, but it's, Yeah, it's just going it, to – I'm looking forward to seeing it. It will be as much of an effect as it had, Todd Aiken. Now can I talk about severe weather? No, oh, please do. <laughs> uh, you are the uh, meteorologist there at what station? Yeah, well, I, I'm filling in for Jennifer Nairmore and Dave Murray right now. Uh, there's a severe <laughs> thunderstorm warning just off toward the west of St. Louis. It, it's in effect until 10 p.m. for Gasconade County, Warren County, and Montgomery County. This line uh, uh, earlier produced uh, a tornado just west of tornado uh, of Columbia, Missouri, with uh, pretty extensive damage. And now it's continuing to move off toward the east, right along Interstate 70. It's moving slow, only about 30 miles per hour. And on that track, it'd probably be in St. Louis if it holds its strength in about two hours. So, Mark, what, what do you think? What do you think the probabilities are of us getting uh, sunshine on opening day on Thursday? Ooh, now you're putting me on this. Be, you know what? I'll, I'll pull Dave Murray. Let's call for a mix of sun and clouds. <laughs> it's always a safe bet. It's going to be in the 50s, they say, though. It's going to be a little chilly out there. Yeah, we got jackets. It's, uh, it's, that's why you got them. But, yeah, that severe thunderstorm warning, it's, it's slowly inching toward uh, St. Louis, and so uh, that's something over the next couple hours. How, uh, how heavy is the rain going to be by the time it gets here? Uh, it'll be pretty heavy rain. The good news is there's no really uh, hail signatures. It doesn't seem like it's a hail situation. The main threat would be wind gusts. And it looks like the rotation has died down, too, uh, along the line. So just heavy rain and maybe some gusty wind. It, it just doesn't get any better than that. We're getting uh, the weather forecast from our old buddy Mark J. Zinn. He's a St. Louis graduate, a product of St. Louis University High School right here. But he's living out in St. Joseph, Missouri, delivering the weather uh, Mark, thanks so much for your call. Have yourself a magnificent evening. You too, guys. Good you, to hear from you. All right, let's flip our attention now to James. James, you've got the last word. Welcome aboard. Well, I got the last word. Thank you. I want to make sure we're on the same page because I got in a little late. All and right. We're able to talk about whatever we want to talk about. Yeah, correct? yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the word is propaganda. And, and, and as I look at Ukraine, I, I'm really struggling with you know, what's real and what's not. Okay. I mean, you know, are they really uh, killing people, tying them up, um, and, and doing those things? Or, you know, there's another story where the Russians are killing Ukrainians, and then they come in with food, and then they want to feed them. I mean, it just goes back and forth and back and forth. And we just don't know what is true. We just, we're not there. We only can go by what we see and hear. And, um, uh, you know, there, there, there was, there's one, I'm going to digress just a little bit. There's one statement that Pat, uh, Pat, uh, Pastor, I'm saying Pastor, President Trump said when he was in office, and he, they were talking about Putin, and he made a statement that says, United States is not innocent. Don't you think we're innocent? And the only thing I could go back to was, you know, we're always worried about people 
you know, countries nuking somebody else. But the United States is the only country that has dropped an atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We're the only ones, period. And whether we should have or not, but we're the only ones who've done it. And so, you know, what is true and what's not? All right. You know, propaganda. James, uh, that's a that's a that's a very fair and interesting question. I appreciate your call. We'll discuss it. Uh, you know, as as to the as to the horrors of what what's unfolding in Ukraine, the interesting satellite footage came out. You know, because the Russian narrative mm-hmm. on this is that they left and everybody was great, and then the Ukrainians either staged or they came in and killed people themselves. And the problem with that narrative, of course, is that we have satellite images from during the time that Russia was occupying uh, the city there, and the bodies were laying on the street then. I'm looking back at the end of uh, March, into the middle of March, when the Russian troops were occupying that suburb outside of Kiev. So Vladimir Putin's a liar, and he's clearly lying to his people. Now, we are able to to hear what's being put out on Russian state-sponsored television, and none of it is true. So to James's point, the United States is not a perfect country by mm-hmm. any means. But in terms of who you can trust, uh, I would trust the country that's got a free press and not a country that's got uh, a state-sponsored press. Yeah, even remove, remove Ukraine from the situation. You have third-party observers like the Red Cross and the UN, uh, the, and also intelligence agencies like the United States and, and NATO. I mean, so you're having these, these what I could consider third-party validators that are the, just there to support humanitarians. And I think that's one of the things that you see. And, you know, they're backing up what Ukraine is saying. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. And, uh, well, gosh, we went a little long there. But it was good to take your calls. Enjoyed talking with all of our listeners out there. When we come back, we've got election returns, and they're coming in quick. Braxton Payne is going to share <laughs> what's so happening after this <laughs> on KMOX. About to be a great night. Really good tonight. Yeah. This is one hell of a night. Now. Back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX. It's a night, all right. It's an election night. It's not one of the biggies, but it is the municipal election day across the state of Missouri. And uh, people went to the polls in all 114 counties, plus the city of St. Louis, uh, voting on local issues, school board races, uh, maybe city municipal elections for city council or even mayor. Um, and some other ballot issues that were placed on the local ballot by your local city or county governments. And who better to help us break down what we're seeing out there than a man that runs elections for a living? Braxton Payne with Show Me Victories. What are we seeing coming across the uh, election night numbers? Yeah, one of the things that I think is the most interesting is is to see the time that the election results come in. You know, the polls close at 7 o'clock. We're, we're in an instant. We like to know things instantly. It's almost 10 o'clock, um, and just now the city of St. Louis and St. Charles County have 100% of their results in. Oh, good. Uh, St. Louis County still only has 19% of their results in. So, mm. And you look well, at Jefferson County has 17% of their results Yeah, in St. Louis County, you know, they've got 94 municipalities, and so all of that, uh, that's got to take time to— 
And I will say one of the things that, you know, as before we talk about some of the results is is St. Louis County has gone through a transformation at their county election board. Eric Fay, the Democrat, and Rick Stream, the Republican, have done, in my opinion, objectively an amazing job of turning that. that office around. Yeah. They're accessible to us, um, people that work in politics, asking questions, making sure to, that we get everything right. Um, but they also do tours of high schools and they're getting you know younger people involved in elections. Um, which I think is something that's really important. So I'm, you know, they're very accessible, and I'm really happy that they're out there. And, and to that point, you know, all of this controversy over the last couple of years about elections being rigged and votes being stolen and so forth, I would encourage folks uh, go down and take a look at how elections actually operate. Look at the safeguards mm-hmm. that are in place. Look at the the bipartisan teams that are required. And, you know, there is are there fraudulent ballots cast in every election? The answer is yes. People vote for their deceased mother or whatever. But is there widespread fraud taking place in American elections? The answer is no. And um, there's no evidence to prove it. The conspiracy to pull it off would be of such a, a level that it would be all but impossible, given the fragmentation of all of the various election authorities. Uh, there is no central election authority. That would be scary to me. Uh, so, yeah, these folks that run elections and administer elections do a tremendous job, and um, and, I, and I, I applaud them. I think that's where St. Louis City and St. Louis County has it right because, you know, they have a Republican and a Democrat. It's not an elected position. You know, they, these people are, you know, essentially in there to do the best job they can. Um, I think sometimes when you get into electing your county, you know, who runs your election, sometimes can be – a little, you know, you're, you're running on issues that have nothing to do with elections. I will say that uh, uh, Barr in St. Charles County, in my opinion, has done a fine job done running an election. Job. Yeah. Um, I met him on the DGS here a couple weeks ago, and he was nothing but kind to me and probably don't agree on politics, but he's done a good job of, of, of updating their elections. But I think one of the things we can get to into is some of the results that we're seeing yeah, let's here. Hear what's going on? And so in St. Louis City, we had two things on the ballot. I'm a city voter. Um, we had Proposition R and Proposition One. Uh, Proposition R was a a what I consider a jumbled uh, stew of red meat for a lot of people. It was framed as uh, reform, uh, ethics reform at the Board of Aldermen. Um, but mainly, uh, it was similar to some other propositions we've seen here recently in Missouri, was to change the way we redistrict in the mm-hmm. city of St. Louis. Um, it takes it out of the Board of Aldermen. So, uh, it forms a commission. Essentially what this commission would do, and I could be, you know, I want to make sure that this is, you know, as, as far as I know, um, it takes that you would be two city judges, so former city judges that appoint two commissioners at random, and then they get to pick a commission to redistrict. Um, and so it essentially takes it out of the voters' hands and puts it into a unelected commission that is not accountable to anybody. Um, that scares me, to be yeah, honest. I didn't, because, I didn't like that when they tried to do that with state redistricting. Yeah, and and I, you know, I, I'm I'm for you know drawing the lines fair. I mean, this, the board of aldermen just did their redid their lines, and they passed it, which. Uh, with a unanimous vote, one person abstained. So, I mean, it, you know, you have progressives, more moderates, uh, you know, the black caucus, you had uh, the progressive caucus that all agreed on the redistricting line. So I don't know why we would need to change it. The other things it does is is does some ethics reform, quote unquote, ethics reform. Um, I don't know. It's very poorly written, in my opinion. Um, I did vote no on this. It did pass with 69% of the vote. And you needed 60% of the vote to pass um, since it was a charter change. 
Um, and what it does there as well is, is it doesn't allow Board of Aldermen to vote on contracts. Let's say a union contract. Say your wife is a member of a labor union um, and it's in front of the Board of Aldermen about voting on this contract. She's a city employee. That, that, that board of aldermen would have to that, – that alderman would have to abstain or vote no on that issue because of that type of, quote-unquote, conflict. Um, but that's not really a conflict. I mean, you, you're elected to the board. What, I, what I'm afraid of is that it's going to create a total hob – you know, first off, we don't know because it's such poorly – it's, you know, it's very poorly written. But also, it's who's funding it, and I think it's interesting. Most of the donations come from the Center of Election Science, which is based in San Francisco, California. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they see St. Louis City, and we, we've seen this, St. Louis County, as a cheap place to change elections with Prop D, that we've become a guinea pig for other places. You know, we, we adopted approval voting, the second place in the country well, outside the, of Fargo, North Dakota. The guinea pig is squealing because that sucker passed yeah. in the proposition. Or what about the other one in the city? Yeah, so Proposition 1 was a bond issue, a, a good bond issue. is a $50 million to repair, you know, streets. It essentially takes some of the ARPA funding and, uh, and bonds it over time. So ARPA. Uh, which is the American Rescue Fund's... Uh, Money, COVID money, COVID the money. federal money. Yeah. And then you have in like in St. Louis County, um, I know that some of these elections are, you know, it's only 19.1% in right now. Let me refresh. I think that's still I want to know how the full-time county executive is faring. The Proposition B is passing with uh, 61% of the vote. And then you also have Proposition C, which was the use tax um, proposal. It looks like right now we're at 50, 58% no. Um, and that that was a tax. So right now, if I go buy something in a bricks and mortar store down the street, I have to pay my local sales tax. Yeah. And um, but if I buy something from Amazon, say, right, I don't have to pay that local sales tax. Thereby putting the local retailer, in theory, at a competitive disadvantage. And, and not only that, but also let's say if if that brick and mortar store is located in St. Louis County and you decide to buy their product online, you're paying a sales tax on that. Uh, that product because they're located in St. Louis County. So it does, you know, it is not a level playing field for sure. Um, I also think one of the things that we're seeing in these local races, um, I'm just looking at a couple in St. Charles County and one in Jefferson County, the Fox School District and the Fort Zumwalt School District in St. Charles. You're seeing a kind of a proxy fight. Um, I know a lot of people have seen this, you know, with, I don't want to consider the left and the right, but it is, you know, conservatives, you know, targeting these school board races. And it looks like in Fort Zumwalt, it, you know, you elect two at this position as well as Fox, and it looks like they're split. So it looks like you had one conservative and one, I mean, both, in my opinion, are, are not left by any means. They're definitely just moderates, and one of them even is a Republican. Um, but you're seeing a split in the voters that they've, you know, elected one of these targeted races that was what you consider a you know, I conservative. Will say, I will say on school board races, it's been a frustration to me for a long time. It's very hard to find out information about these candidates. And I'm in Parkway School District, and we had, I don't know, a dozen candidates on the mm-hmm. ballot. And uh, I mean, it's just it, you could spend literally an entire week trying to figure out who's for what and if, and good luck finding out what their positions might be. And, that, and that's when endorsements come in really, you know, like right. if, if, if if a labor union endorses and you're favorable to labor unions, you know, that's an easy vote for you or the chamber or any type of conservative group. I will say one of the things that when I talk to people that are running for school board or these local races, the first thing I tell them to do is a free is go to Ballotpedia, change your bio, add a picture, make sure your positions are on there because, you know, they have the best Google analytics. So when you go to it, that's what you're going to find. Well, that's Braxton Payne, and he's delivering the news on uh, on the elections that took place today. I wonder if many of you voted. If it's like usual, April <laughs> elections, many of you 
did not. When we come back, 48 hours away, less than 48 hours away from St. Louis Cardinals opening day. We'll take you out with that after this on KMOX. Ah, uh, yes, opening day coming up in just a couple. Uh, this just in, there's a new thunderstorm warning. As the storm pushes east, severe thunderstorm warning for southwestern Lincoln County in east-central Missouri, northwestern Franklin County in east-central Missouri, and Warren County in east-central Missouri, and northeastern Gasconade County. Uh, this warning is in effect until 1030 tonight. Well, opening day, Braxton, you're yes. going to be there. What are your thoughts on this ball club? Well, so I'm number one. I'm very excited for opening day. I think it's going to be a fun experience to have it back first time since 2019. But I do think there's we have this year. It's just some type of swagger. Um, You know, the Brewers are going to be a very good team this year. I, I think they will give us a run for our money. But I almost it's it's not a sense of entitlement, but I think it's a sense of fire and want. I think we want it more. I think with Yachty and Pools and Waynos last year, I think there's just something, you know, when you write these scripts for ESPN's 30 for 30, you see it. It's just something that I think St. Louis just wants. Um, they're going to be able to be in the stands at 100%. I expect I me mean, ticket sales from what I heard went up. Uh, after Pujols, you know, got signed. And I oh, think that did. people are just going to be there and be excited um, the whole entire season. Even if we lose a couple games here and there, the energy is going to be there. And as you know, it's uh, Cardinals are, is the home of, you know, Larry Walker, when he came to play for a year, his career was over. Everyone just kind of thought, and then he had a breakout year. You know, I mean, people come here and they just, there's just something that's in the air that gets them going again. But it's going to be fascinating to see because Albert actually played better when he went to the Dodgers uh, last year when he was released mm-hmm. by the Angels. He did play better and he had some real impact at bats. And, you know, we'll see what we've got. Projected starting lineup for Thursday for the Cardinals. Dylan Carlson leading off and playing right field. Paul Goldschmidt at first base and hitting second. Tyler O'Neill, the gold glove winner, 30 home run man from a year ago, is in left field batting third. Nolan Arenado, third baseman in the cleanup. And it will be Albert Pujols facing the right-handed pitcher uh, as the Cardinals' designated hitter. By the way, Pujols is the all-time designated hitter for the Cardinals. <laughs> uh, he's batting fifth. Paul DeYoung, who's had a great spring at shortstop and hitting sixth. Yadier Molina behind home plate. He bats seventh. Harrison Bader in center field, another gold glove winner. He bats eighth. And batting ninth, another gold glove winner. Tommy Edmond is playing second who, base. Who are you most excited for this year? You know, I think Paul Goldschmidt is going to have a phenomenal year. That's why I wrote down his name because I just think he's just going to, you know, the the energy from Pujols and them, there's going to be a little less pressure on him to do as much. Um, And I just think he's such a great player and he has such a good attitude. And I think that's something that's going to be really important. You know, he's been such a notorious slow starter uh, throughout his career. Certainly his three years with the Cardinals have been that way. But he's on fire It's in spring this year. He's batting uh, almost 500 uh, at the end of spring. And so if he goes into the season with that kind of trajectory, we all know he gets hot at the end. This could be this could be a really good year for him. A lot of these ball players, Paul DeYoung had a good spring. You're not expecting that much from him, but he showed some pop. And if he gives you 30 home runs and hits 250, man, that's a plus, plus, plus. Uh, and he's a very good defender. As well, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. We got to obviously see how the rotation works. Ah, there's the organ. See you at Kegs and eggs. You can almost kegs and eggs, which of course starts at ten o'clock on Thursday at Seventh and Walnut. If still tickets available, KMOX.com/events. 
want to see you at Kegs and Eggs. Get online, get yourself a couple of tickets. There's nothing like it in all of St. Louis, and there's nothing like opening day at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. I love it when opening day is the first game of the season, and it is this year against the Pirates. We'll see you next on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.